Hello, and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, and this week we are talking about sex. What? Why? How is it that I've had this podcast for this long and haven't really had an episode about sex yet? Honestly, it is because I think in Christian culture, why are we so buttoned up about it? Especially in a time where sex sex is okay, people. We're married here. That's what this podcast is about. Sex is okay. However, I've had so many of you reach out to me, and this is where I want to say, you ask, I delivered. I had so many of you reach out to me asking me questions around this topic. My husband wants it more than I do. What do we do? I'm not feeling connected with him in that way. What do I do? And so I tried to answer here and there, give some piecemeal answers, but quite frankly, it's not my area of expertise. So what I've done for you is bring on our guest, Jana Denton House. Jana is a desire coach for married women who want sex, but just don't. And as someone who personally struggled with low libido for years, she understands the frustration of feeling like sex is just another chore on a very long to-do list. Now, Jana empowers women to design experiences that feel nourishing, relaxing, and intimate through her program, Wanting It More, which has helped over a thousand women reconnect with their husbands again. Jana lives on Vancouver Island in Canada with her husband of 20 years and their two daughters. Ooh, this episode is going to be good. I am, I really just can't wait for you guys to listen in on this. One last note, if you have littles around and this is a sensitive topic for you, you might want to be listening with your earbuds or something else like that. It is a clean show. It's not like we're talking dirty or anything, but it's a topic that I don't normally share about, and I did want to make that little disclaimer. With that, let's jump right in to this week's episode. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Gracefield Wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am with Jana Denton House, who is a desire coach who specializes in creating intimacy in your marriage that feels authentic and nourishing for you ladies. Welcome, Jana. Thank you for having me. Anytime I get to talk about sex, I am thrilled. Woohoo! <laughs> 
I can't believe that I've had this podcast for over a year and um, I haven't had an episode about sex at all yet. We've had plenty of other things that we've talked about and it's like, how am I just getting to this, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I hear this from a lot of podcast hosts, so you're not the only one. Okay, I'm very okay. honored. <laughs> then I know I'm in good company. I don't feel so bad. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to tell the audience part of why I brought you on is because uh, when my listeners ask, I try to deliver and I've gotten several DMs and emails, that sort of things of that nature, asking me, you know, what should I do? My husband wants sex so much more than I do. And I, I, I feel bad. I don't know how to navigate this. Do you have any tips, any help? And I've tried my best to fumble through some answers but part of it is give them answers that I've heard you give on other shows. And um, I thought, you know what? The best way I can serve my girls is really by bringing an expert on the subject because I am no expert on it. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine to let the world know what I'm not an expert on. So here you are. Why don't you tell the audience a little about yourself? I think the most important thing to know is that this was my journey, that I struggled with what was diagnosed as low libido, and maybe we'll get to that <laughs> misdiagnosis. But I understand the weird mix of guilt and resentment and overwhelm and frustration and shame. There's just all sorts of funky emotions that can come up with this dynamic. And so I think the most important thing is that I'm not here. Yes, I have specialized in this area and I do have a lot of experience with it. But I can share that Me Too perspective with women who are suffering right now. So I started this journey about four years ago. I had trained to be a marriage coach. And af after all of the trials and tribulations that I had gone on in my marriage, I've been married for 20 years now. And I, I, I learned about communication. I was working with couples. And I just got to a point where... You know, all the advice that I'd get, been given for myself on how to handle this just hadn't worked. In fact, a lot of the advice had been very harmful and damaging for me. So I thought, you know what? I'm smart. I'm trained. I can figure this out. And so I had to reject a lot of the old messages and really trust myself. And so I discovered the things that I was missing in my life, the needs that had been unfulfilled in order for me to truly want and enjoy sex with my husband. And, and here I am. That's awesome. It's such a, an awesome story because I think a lot of times, um, you know, we think just because someone is deemed as an expert in something that they must be right. And, and sometimes they're not, you know, oftentimes they're not. And which is what, what brings, led me to bring you on. I don't bring many guests on the show and I try to be pretty selective about who I bring on to the show, because I want to make sure that what I've heard them say really aligns with what I try to give my audience as well. Same, same story for me. You know, we had been through marriage counseling, things like that, and nothing ever worked. And what I teach my listeners like are things that I've discovered on my own that have been so transformative. And as I start to share them, I hear that transformation coming from them as well. And that's where it's like, oh, okay, I can do this on my own. So tell me, how do you, um, 
how do you help women? And then we can go into some of the questions that my listeners have wrote, written in. Absolutely. I think the first, well, first off, I just want to just mirror what you said that I think that's what creates so much passion for what we do is when we struggle so much and when we felt so alone and so broken and, and nobody could help us. So it's just really cool to meet another woman who's in this space and who's so passionate about what they do. Yeah. So the first step really, actually most of what I teach is unlearning. <laughs> We're taught so many myths and lies and quite honestly, just garbage about sex and what it's for and the markers of success as a sexual being. And uh, we need to unlearn those things, but we need to unlearn them with a lot of compassion for ourselves. Mm. And so the first step really is to just allow yourself to, and give yourself the permission to look at what you've gone through in your life with the frame of reference of it makes sense. So for example, it makes sense that you don't know how to communicate about your sex with your husband. You're never taught. It makes right. sense that maybe you don't know how to experience pleasure. You were never taught. It makes sense that maybe you're struggling understanding what your rights are, you know, with your body and with uh, exploration with your husband. So really the first step is just a lot of compassion and then there's some core needs that really need to be addressed. Is that something you'd, you want me to go into now? Yes, I wanna, um, what I was going to say, why don't you, um, because I think as you speak about that, we will probably get into some of the questions that my listeners have asked. So why don't you speak to us a little bit about um, either the myths, the biggest myths that you've had to dispel and, and what does that look like? Oh, my favorite topic ever. So <laughs> I think the biggest one is that there is such a thing as low libido. And unfortunately, it's been a real misdiagnosis starting with Freud. <laughs> it's been a lot of history around blaming women for any sort of cultural or relational issues that may be hap happening, any sort of imbalances. And that's what I experienced was that doctor after counselor, after therapist would be really happy with diagnosing me with something, which really told me that you are broken. There is something wrong with you. And that's what women come to me with. They say, oh, it's maybe it's my hormones. Maybe it's trauma. Maybe it's these medication side effects. Maybe it's because I had kids and I'm just really exhausted. Maybe it's because there's just intrinsically something wrong with me. And so there's this obsession with figuring out why is this happening? Wow. Let's go to the doctor. Let's get our testosterone levels checked. Let's, I just recently heard of an injection you can put in your vagina. That's called like the, Oh yes, I know. I'm, you've got your hand in front of your mouth. I had the same feeling. There's there really is this obsession, obsession with culture around that. If you don't have a sex drive, then there is something wrong with you. There's something wrong with your health or your, or your mental well-being. And it's actually not a drive. So a drive is something that you could 
die from, right? If you don't eat, if you don't have the appetite, the drive to eat, you will, you won't sustain life for very long. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the drive to sleep, you cannot, you know, you can't even go a week without sleep. You can in fact go without sex. It's been proven. (laughs) (laughs) It's so sex is not a drive. It's a, it's a wonderful, joyful, mutual experience that two people can have together in which pleasure and connection is shared. So that's the biggest one. There's no such thing as low libido. Um, There are some needs that just simply aren't being met within, within the woman. Sure. Um, Talk to me about what are those needs? So if here I am, I'm, you know, maybe I'm one of my listeners and you know, you might've hit on a couple of trigger words for me as I've been listening. And what are some of those needs? Cause now I'm sure they're like, wait, what, what do you mean? This has to do with unmet needs. Yeah. So tell us about that. So really, again, I'll reiterate the first step is self-compassion and that is looking at the world through different lens, a different lens. So being able to watch a sex scene on TV and go, oh my gosh, it makes sense that I wanted to kiss this way and felt broken because I wasn't going to kiss this way because I've been taught this my whole life. Then the second one is really safety. This is something that I think is put away with when we get into a committed relationship. Somehow Mm -hmm. now our bodies belong to each other and we're supposed to provide all these needs. And that leads to not feeling safe, not feeling comfortable. If your husband is just grabbing your boobs whenever he wants or slapping you on the butt or calling you sexy when you don't like being called that, right? right. I, I see you giggling. Other people can't, but that's like, the, the oh, smile of relatability, oh, right? Me? That never happened. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this is, this is what sets me apart from most of the advice out there mm-hmm. is that consent doesn't end with I do. And consent is not, oh, well, I'll let him, I'll tolerate it. Okay, I'll guess he can do this. It's an enthusiastic yes. So how do you figure out your enthusiastic yeses? You need to trust your intuition. So that's the next path I teach, which is all about learning, probably for the first time, what it feels like to have that gut feeling of no or yes. And we've been taught as women to bypass that. And just really in specifically in the sexual experience, we bypass that with focusing on orgasm alone as a measure of success. So vibrating our way to an orgasm, that can be a means, not not that vibrators are bad, not that orgasms are bad, but I'm just pointing out some really typical ones that I see that women wouldn't necessarily consider that looks like just doing things that, that really make you feel quite uncomfortable, but you think, well, all women like this, then I should like this too. There's so much to unpack there from what you said. I know. I don't really have this issue so much, you know, with my husband in terms of libido. I, fortunately we don't, right. There might be spells, you know, every now and then, but it's not a general, like a big concern of ours. But what I do hear trying to be sensitive to the listeners that do have that what I do hear is 
oh wait, what do you mean safety? Because I, I look at my husband and maybe this is why we don't really have an issue with this, but I've never felt unsafe around him. Can you describe what that might feel like for somebody who maybe they, they're hearing this for the first time and their eyes are like, whoa, wait, what? Can you elaborate? Yeah. And I just want to also highlight that this is what I hear a lot of the time is that women who don't have this experience have a very hard time understanding this experience because wow. they think, if you want to want it, then why don't you just want it? That's very <laughs> confusing to me. So yeah, it would make sense that, you know, it just depends on your frame of reference where you're coming from. So what that feels like is you get out of the shower and you're naked and your husband lingers a little bit on your body, you know, a visual or makes a comment and you feel like you want to put the towel on. You feel like you want to, you feel like you want to just, oh, there's a, there's a, there's a, not a good feeling inside of you, but then you think, well, this is wrong. I should like this. We're married. This should be, ex what, what's wrong with me? So they go back to what's wrong with me. Or, you know, my husband slapped my butt for 10 years of our marriage and I hated it. I, I wasn't like, oh yeah, that feels good. It was like, ew, <laughs> stop it. There was nothing about it that made me move towards him or be attracted to that or want it more. My husband would call me sexy all the time. I hate that word. I want him to say, I'm proud of you or I appreciate you. I don't want that. But of course, this is all very unique to the individual. Why, why it's so important that it's not formulaic. It's around trusting your intuition when it comes to what you do like and what you don't like. Wow. That's so powerful because you're right. I've, I've not, if my husband lingers, I'm like, let's go. You know, like <laughs> I, I don't have that experience, but hearing that I can totally empathize and understand what that must feel like for someone who does have that experience. Mm -hmm. So what do you suggest then for somebody who, and maybe I'll go to some of the listener questions, right? Some of the, and, and you mentioned some of the reasons, right? Where, where that they've given me, some of them have told me, you know, I think it's my hormones. Like you said, uh, maybe it's a premenopausal or menopausal. Uh, some other reasons I've heard they're not feeling connected enough with him or they're not feeling good about themselves or not feeling good about him physically. So maybe they feel like, oh, I've gained a little bit of weight and I feel uncomfortable or vice versa. He's gained a little weight and he's a little less attracted to me. What would your, to any of those women who have given me those answers, so you can see it's not just one person, it's several, several different people who've reached out. What would your answers be? What would you say for them? First off, it's not important to know why. I understand mm. that that's been your frame of reference up until now. And that's what the world has taught you to do because it was about diagnosing. But you can really lovingly put that in a Ziploc bag and put that on a shelf somewhere. You don't, need, you don't need to know why because it's just about meeting these core needs. The, the biggest thing is to know that you have pleasure capacity. We're very obsessed with arousal in our culture getting in the mood, getting horny, wanting to jump his bones. We could just keep on going on, right? With all the phrases we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is absolutely not necessary. You can have a wonderful, delightful, connected, intimate experience and not ever be aroused in the traditional sense of what you may think. You know, the tingling in your vulva, the, I don't know, the expectation in your system. And the way you do that is just simply recognizing that you have a body, 
that your body has access to um, some of the five senses. Not everyone has all of them, but some five senses, touch, taste, smell, hearing, sight. I think I got them all. Mm-hmm. And those senses can feel slightly more positive than neutral. We're not talking about fireworks. We're we're not talking about any mysterious, orgasmic, cosmetic, you know, Cosmo kind of thing. This is just your nerve endings can feel slightly more positive than neutral. And to do that in the context with your partner, you don't need to have arousal because most of the women I I serve have something called responsive desire, which this Mm -hmm. is a scientific fact, very researched. This means that your, your arousal, your, your enjoyment, your wanting your pleasure is cultivated within a safe and comfortable and accepting and loving environment. I love that. I love how that serves the listener who is in that place. How then can she, and I'm, I know that you teach a lot of this kind of in, on your own, but what can, what can you tell her? Besides, I mean, in the end, you will definitely, everybody will definitely hear all about your information and how they can find you. But what are maybe, you know, some quick things or two quick tips or three quick tips that you can give them of like, this is how you can um, engage them or, or at least help their husband, you know, because I think also what's then the communication with their husband, you know, and I'm very big on communicating with your husband so how can they communicate this in a graceful way without being like I just don't like the way you touch me right (laughs) and then putting him down and now he's feeling dejected so what would you suggest there for them yeah I really do appreciate that you're acknowledging that this is I spend weeks and weeks and weeks teaching this content so I will try but I just want to put that disclaimer in there if somebody goes and tries to put my tips into practice and it doesn't work just know that what I'm sharing does it doesn't mean that it won't work for you. I don't want to like inoculate you for future growth, I suppose. But in the starting with the communication piece is really understanding that your husband lives in a male culture as a male, as a man. And it is a very different experience than what you have as a woman. So it's like we're living in the same physical environment but the cultural environment is very different. So you explaining safety or you explaining comfort to him might be very difficult for him to understand because he doesn't necessarily have the experience of walking down the sidewalk and looking behind his shoulder and worry if someone's there. He doesn't have the experience of going through a dark parking garage and and placing his keys a certain way so that he can defend himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, we experience unsafe feelings on a daily basis as women. So just understanding that it may be very hard for your husband to understand this. And also he may make some interpretations of, or make up stories about what you're sharing with him. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he may think, well, I'm a good husband. Yeah. I, do, I would never hurt you. How could you think that about me? Yeah. Buddy? And I'm so, oh, yeah. I'm so kind to you and, and I'm not a rapist. Like what it can right, feel now very, my feelings are hurt, right? Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. understand, you don't have to be responsible for that, but just having compassion that may, that, that may right. be his experience, but please don't let that stop you from telling your truth because I work with women who have been married. I mean, upwards of of 30, 35 years 
have never told their husband their experiences of pain, their experiences of feeling unsafe, their experiences of um, never actually enjoying sex, but, but forcing themselves to do it three times a week. So we need to find this balance. Yeah. I really believe that women do err pretty much on the side of not saying anything because we're taught to be quiet. Don't rock the boat. You put your husband's needs above your own, right? There's a lot of cultural conditioning there. Yeah. Wow. And I think part of what gets me in trouble is, um, I just say what I remember, <laughs> which is why I get in That's trouble. That's a really is- good skill, <laughs> I would say. It is. So, I mean, part of what I do on this show is I try to help my listeners, like, you know, and we say it's totally fine to say what's on your mind. Let's just say it in a nicer, more grace-fueled, sure. more compassionate way, like you, like you say. So I really love those um, tips for her as it because it definitely relates to what I teach on the show in terms of like there is a lot of work that she has to do for herself in that area that is not we're not going to get to in you know a 30 minute podcast episode yeah they can go check out all your great resources around that (laughs) (laughs) right it's exactly so it's that's I I want you guys to know this was uh really to get some understanding to feel to understand that you are not alone Mm -mm. right So all my listeners out there who reached out to me, the brave ones who reached out to me and probably the hundreds or thousands more who didn't, who are having the same experience and haven't been brave enough to reach out. Like, I want you to understand that you are not alone. And just because this is not necessarily something that I have experienced, so many women have. So I really thank you so much for that and helping them to understand that they're not alone and they don't have to feel worried or nervous or you know like they're a bad person because they feel a certain way and and I think when it comes to safety the thing that also comes to mind is if you have had issues in this area and have never been able to talk to your husband about them then that can be a place where maybe you're feeling a lack of safety and as you're speaking I thought back to a time where in the beginning of our relationship my husband would do things that would trigger me because as a teenager, I was sexually assaulted and he would do things and I'd say, oh my God, don't do that. And he's like, what? But I had to tell him like, that's a trigger. You know, when you grab my arm here and he didn't do it in a mean or whatever way, that triggers a memory for me. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh my goodness. And that was it. And, And once we had that, once I'd let him know, I never had to worry about it again. And I think because we had those conversations early on and I was always open about it and, you know, always very clear about it, you know, that might be part of the reason why that has not become then an issue that has lasted through the rest of our marriage. We have plenty of others, <laughs> that not being one of them. So just thank you so much for that because it, it makes so much sense, you know, and I think it's such an important topic to to talk about is there anything else before we wrap is there any anything else that you would say what does she need to know maybe that you haven't already said yeah so the next one then is to prioritize your pleasure to learn how what does even pleasure mean not inside of the sexual experience but just in life Mm. what does it look like to enjoy oneself as a woman when we've been taught to prioritize productivity above all else prioritize other people's needs above all else so it's really something that I'm sure you share. I'm sure it's a very common refrain that, that a lot of women who are helping women are sharing right now. Um, so what does that look like to prioritize it? What does that look like to, to explore 
your senses outside of the bedroom and also inside of the bedroom and look at your whole body as having pleasure capacity, as I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Then after that is really about connecting with your body. And there can be so much shame and so much miseducation about women's bodies. And what does it look like if you're very estranged from your body right now? What does that look like to come back in connection with each other? Because I really believe that if you want connected sex, you need to be connected to yourself. And that's not really what's taught. It's like, oh, you need to understand how to give a good blowjob. You need to understand how to, <laughs> right? That's what's taught. It's so ridiculous. No yeah. one's saying, you know, in the magazine covers in the grocery aisle, hey, hey, you need to, or become connected to your body to have connected sex. It's just not anywhere. So what does that look like? Um, that looks like conversation with your body. That looks like taking your body to go pee when she needs to pee, establishing <laughs> a respectful relationship with her. The that, little things. <laughs> it's little things, you know, it's, it's um, recognizing that you actually have a vulva. <laughs> a lot of women who come into my world are like, what? I had one woman say, after we had done a, an exercise to connect with her, I, I talk about vulvas in the third person. Uh, uh -huh. She said, I went, I went grocery shopping with my vulva. And then I looked around and there were all their, all these women grocery shopping with their vulvas too. <laughs> you know, we're oh, so disconnected we're, and, and it's not our fault. Going back to compassion, right. it makes sense. It makes sense that we're not because boys, you know, they fiddle They're I don't have boys, but I, I feel like that's totally, they do. They, I have an eight year old, <laughs> right? They're, they're, they're touching their penis all the time. They're, they're examining it. They're showing it off. Hopefully not appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> put that thing away what are you doing yeah and 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 also just the location of their genitals it's outside right, right. but for girls ooh, there is so much heaviness and shame don't touch that don't look at that and furthermore we have to have a mirror to look it's not right. just there so it we it takes a little bit more intention so really looking connecting with your body and then the last piece is how do you actually explore an intimate connection with your husband what does that even look like what are what have we what is the media sex formula that we've been taught about sex versus what sex is actually about and making that the priority you know so media sex formula is is penetrative sex penis and vagina and male orgasm those are basically the two requirements for a good sexual experience and we can see how that may cause a little bit of challenges for women, especially mm -hmm. since the clitoris is on the outside of the vulva and requires a lot more attention perhaps and a lot more um, uh, intention as well. So I, I re we really look at redefining what sex looks like from a place of connection and, and pleasure without any goals. Wow. That's so important. This, this is, this is so good. And I think, um, I know it's so funny. I remember having a conversation with one of my girlfriends a, a, a few years ago and we hadn't seen each other in, in years. And she's telling me about an issue in her marriage and having to do with sex and, and or an issue in her marriage. And I asked her, when was the last time you guys had sex? And she was like, oh, be like, she couldn't believe that I asked her. 
because I guess in Christian circles, you're not supposed to talk about sex. So I looked at her and I'm like, wait a minute, honey, right? Because I went to college with her. I'm like, so it's okay to talk about it. Like when we're in college and like, you know, it's all, everything is all fun and games. But now that we're in like committed married relationships, I'm like, now is the place where like, you know, we're supposed to be talking about it. Now it's an issue. Why is it all of a sudden everybody has, is buttoned up about it? And who knows? Maybe that's why I haven't talked about it on the show because it's so taboo. It's so but it's taboo. like, yeah. it's so important. It's such an important part of, I believe connecting in marriage and you know, I get some, like you were saying, some people have different levels that they would want to, but if you, yeah, I don't know. I just, it blows my mind, you know, why, like you were saying, suffer in silence almost. And it's also even riskier to just have small little statements or small little questions without the safe space to really unpack it. So for example, I was in a job and I don't know why the topic of sex came up with this. It was a male coworker, but I, I don't even, I think maybe he even just offered it or I can't remember, but he, he said, oh yeah, everyone needs a little sex a day. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm having sex maybe once a month, if not once a year. What do you mean? Like, I could not conceptualize what it would look like to just have a little sex. <laughs> I, I didn't understand, like, what does that look like? Being a little pregnant. <laughs> a little pregnant. And, you know, what? now that I've reflect, initially, I felt so much shame that I wasn't having a little sex because apparently everyone needs a little sex a day. And I didn't know how, and my body didn't work that way. And oh my gosh, what did that mean about my marriage? What did that mean about me? And without any safe container to unpack that statement or to have other opinions or anything, I had the media sex formula and I had these random statements from friends. Wow. And I had counselors who were saying, yes, Jana, yes, you have low libido. Let's diagnose you. Let's heal all your trauma. Let's wonder why you want to throw your vibrator across the room. What, sure. what, 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 maybe I just want to throw it across the room. Like maybe, maybe we're not trying to like heal any trauma so I can use it again. What if, what if it, you know, <laughs> so I, I just want to say just for those of you who are listening, if, if, you're, if you do have these random comments from friends or conversations that aren't able to expand and go deeper, just know that there's levels of complexity behind them. Yes. And you don't know. I didn't know how his wife was doing. Was she cool with having a little sex a day? Right. Was it even something he wanted to say because it's really valued in our culture to have a mm. high sex drive? That's why when I run Facebook ads, so many women say, but what about the other way? I want lots of sex and my husband doesn't. It's because it's slightly less taboo to say that you have the higher drive. Not so much because women are not supposed to have the higher drive. That's another issue. But that's why we get so much women commenting that. And I, I always have to say, like, here's the book I recommend. Here's the book I remember. But the women I'm serving don't want to admit it because it's so, um, it's so devalued. It's so, it's such a, you know, it really um, lessens your value in society wow. from a culture perspective. Wow. So good. That is so, so good. 
I hope to have you on the show again, because I feel like there's so much more we could talk about. Do you want to add, I didn't, you had asked a bunch of questions and I, I'm wondering if I should actually answer those. I don't want your audience to ask a question and not get them fully answered. Should we just go quickly question by question? We can go quickly. I will just to recap for the audience. I thought it was very powerful what you said, because those questions that came to me came from them as I don't want to have sex as much as my husband does this is why I think it is mm-hmm. and those were the answers mm-hmm. hormones uh either he gained weight or I or she gained weight or um and then there was the other one was she didn't feel connected enough to him and that one I think is important. That one is one that I think talks about, you know, like that you could probably, you know, that would be something you teach on, right? The, the connection, that one maybe. Um, but those, what I thought was important is that you said th- their mind was going straight to, this is why I think. Mm-hmm. And then their question to me was, well, can you help me? Or, or what can you, what advice you can give me? So I think the answer, I think you already gave them the answer, which is the reason doesn't matter. Let's, let's work on the, on the the deeper issues. Is that it? Maybe on that need. Yeah. Maybe I'll just briefly comment on the body image and also not being attracted to your partner. That's something that comes up a lot. So body image is you get whatever you need to feel comfortable in your body. So don't think that mm, yeah. ah, to be like a confident, sexually woman, I need all the lights on and I need to be fully naked. No, you get whatever you need. If you need a dark room, if you need to wear clothes, if you want your husband to close his eyes, if you want to have certain um, uh, positions, not just penetrative positions, but also just positions that your bodies are in. So he's maybe facing away. You get whatever you need. And then the second one with the attraction is, I, I get this a lot, and I'll say I'm really not super attracted to my, my partner. And that is totally freaking okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You know, we've been married for 20 years. Bodies change. People age. And furthermore, that whole attraction thing is taking your, your desire And it's putting in the hands of something external from you. Wow. If I am attracted to my husband, then I'm going to get horny all of a sudden. That is what our culture has taught us to do is to take our sexual desire and place it in the hands of your partner. If he was good in bed, then I would have a good time. If he was more attractive, then I would, then I would be able to experience arousal. Wow. So I say just completely bypass that. And focus on what I've shared today, you know, compassion, safety, intuition, pleasure, connection with your body, and really exploring what an intimate connection means for you. Wow. That's just like, it's so true. Because (laughs) I, I mean, you're right. I never thought about it that way. Like I'm, I don't, and again, for me, I find my husband very attractive. So I don't, but what happens when we're 90 or, you know, or 80? Right? Like things start to sag, you know, whatever, like, it's not going to be so that mean that it's over for us at that point. I think uh, that point that you make is so good. And and what it, it tells the listener is what I'm hearing for her is that she has the power 
to change her level of desire. Is that correct? hundred percent. And also I know it, it's kind of weird because I call myself a desire coach, but also that you don't even need to have desire because desire is a word we use to talk about the pre the thing before mm. you have sex. Okay. Right. So you don't even need to have that. You, you just, you have a body check access to five senses. Check. check senses feel slightly more positive than neutral check. Can you explore them within a safe, comfortable environment in which you follow your intuition and follow your pleasure? Check. You can have amazing sexual experiences that you, you never would imagine that you, I, my sexual experiences are just, everyone is different. They mm -hmm. flow with what, how I'm doing that day. I lead them because that's what creates safety for me. My husband responds mm -hmm. and it's, I can't even tell you. I never thought I would be here. I love that because you're not only is it, not only is she empowered. So if we don't use the word desire, but she is basically empowered to, to cultivate. Sex, yeah. To just, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a, a thing where she has to be down on herself for not wanting it. She's empowered to kind of lead that. And I'm sure the more she leads it, the more her husband will follow. You know, I think, Ladies, for us, for those of us in, you know, Christian circles who've been taught, like, you know, we're, we're supposed to follow our husband's lead and let him lead the household or whatever. Um, it's okay in the bedroom for us to lead. I, right. Like, that's what I'm hearing. And that's, a, I think that's awesome. Right. And I think that kind of gives her the idea. Maybe that's part of where this idea of a lack of safety comes from, you know, where they feel like well, I, that they're not in control, you know. And um, that's why I think it's so powerful and so important, such an important message for her to hear and really such important work that you're doing. So thank you so much for your time and coming on this show. And please let her know, where could she find you? Yeah, well, you can uh, find me on Instagram at Jana Denton House. I also have a website, janadentonhouse.com. And if you go to the website, I'll periodically have different things that you can take like a quiz or maybe a class or something free so you can dive a little deeper into what I shared here and I do have a program so I share all I of these things about that. Sure. yeah yeah um wanting it more it's called and, and it's been running for gosh four and a half almost five years now and we've had over a thousand women go through the program so you're not alone yeah. <laughs> and um so we run that three times a year so okay. the next round is in early February. So you can sign okay. up for the, uh, the wait list on my, on my website. Excellent. Cause that's what I was going to ask you about is uh, I remember there being some sort of program or thing that she can join, but that it wasn't all the time. So thanks so much for that. So what we will have to do is reconvene. And then right before your program starts again in February, we'll have to have you on again. Yeah, we could that, do like that a Q&A like or something. Yeah, I love it. I'd love to totally do that or an Instagram live or maybe I don't know if you're on Facebook, but I can have you maybe talk in the Facebook group. That would be a lot of fun. So thank you again for your time. You. Ladies, I hope you loved our guest and all the her information will be in her show notes. So don't in the show notes. Don't worry about trying to have to spell her name correctly or all that. You'll be able to find her quickly. And uh, thank you so much and take care. 
Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.